Franklin FDR. Franklin FDR. Delano. FDR. Delano. I know. I believe you. I, like, I need to see it. <laughs> I'm, we're all the way back to trust but verify. No, no. I, I had to you, see. I need to see it. I had to see the letters. I needed to see the you words. Just so all the way back. You can't just take the word for it. Oh, I. I believe you. I trust this kid. <laughs> Shattered. Welcome to Depth and Distance, podcast where we break down leadership into learnable skills because anyone can be a great leader, but takes understanding your role and different skills, when to use them, and how you fit into the larger picture. One of our most beloved guests, certainly our most frequent, but I feel like you should know that you did come up as a beloved guest when I asked people for feedback on the podcast. <laughs> His ain't Texas. Woo! <laughs> People are like already sick of that song. They're like, fuck this guy. <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> is back because this week we're following up on what to do if you have a bad leader. And most of the time, I think what we end up doing is managing it at our level. But sometimes the right thing to do is to talk to that leader about how they're a bad leader. And so we're going to talk about what does that conversation look like if you, as a subordinate, as a follower, are like, no, it's time. This person needs some feedback because what they're doing is not cool. Not cool. Not cool. So this week we're channeling FDR with a fireside chat. So if you hear crackling in the background, that's it. Maybe regarded as one of the greatest leaders in American history, depending on who you ask. But mostly really took control of something during a bad time and made some tough decisions, had some tough conversations, many of them fireside. A couple bad times. <laughs> couple, perhaps some of the worst times. They were uh, the best of times. No, but it was the worst of times. Worst of times, <laughs> And uh, we're going to talk about how to have that tough conversation. But specifically, if you have a leader who's not doing so great. So I have to start by asking... Did you ever have a really bad leader when you were in the Navy? In the Navy? This Navy? Have I ever had a bad leader? Oh. Like, really toxic. I feel like I haven't heard that many stories about, like, like really rough. That's because they're very repressed. <laughs> no, yeah, I shouldn't say that, but I definitely had some bad leaders. Not super toxic. I think your stories regarding toxicity and leaders are not quite what I experienced with some of mine. Mm. But I definitely had some bad, if not, I guess you can classify them as poor. Yeah, and I think that's actually important to talk about, right? Which is like, there are great leaders, there are good leaders, there are okay leaders, and then there are struggling leaders, rough leaders, bad leaders, and then toxic leaders. Like it's a whole spectrum. And sure. I think we tend to say like any leader who makes my life worse is toxic. I think that that leaves a lot of good leaders, people who want to be good leaders or are trying to be good leaders. I think that leaves them on the table. You know what I mean? Well, and I think it also depends on the context of the situation. Yeah, I guess going historically too, like there's certain situations where, yeah, tough decisions had to be made and to build team and personnel into place, the demands may have been more than what a lot of people appreciated in the moment, but could definitely have saved lives. You know, as an example, you know, you and I both recently read Malcolm Gladwell's Bomber Mafia. Great book. Very anti-Navy, so... F you, Malcolm Blackwell. I hope you listen to this podcast. <laughs> hey, it's me, Malcolm Gladwell. Do you know what I appreciate? Not the Navy. Not the Navy. <laughs> no, so, but I mean, like, he talks about Curtis LeMay as a, you know, General Curtis LeMay and his campaigns, both in Europe and in Japan. But one of the things that comes up early on is his, his level of focus and training during his time in the European front where he was relentless in the training and the demands oh, on his crew. Yeah, both in bad yeah. weather. He demanded so much that I'm highly confident that junior and, you know, junior officers enlisted 
personnel during that time and his bomber wing, whatever it might be, sorry, Air Force or Army Air Corps. Deal we listened to the book. We still don't know. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> I, I don't have Wikipedia up with me. Curtis LeMay, he had such heavy demands, but his personnel were quite accomplished. So it's like, in certain times and situations, that's warranted. And I would caution leaders to be like, this is my Curtis LeMay moment. In peacetime. In peacetime, when he was in... <laughs> Arguably one of the most kinetic environments we've ever been in. Yeah. So, yeah, I think sometimes we like to, there's some leaders out there who puff themselves up a little bit more than they need to. No, I mean, I think it comes up kind of alongside, you know, a lot of the historical stuff that's brought up about Churchill, where it's like, he was literally hired and then fired, and then hired, and then fired, because they were like, look, in a war, yes. Any other time, absolutely not. You spent how much on booze this month? (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I think that's, I think it's situational. I think there's a spectrum. And I think good leaders, truly good leaders, not to dunk on Churchill over here, but truly good leaders understand when to whip out which tools. And can make those transitions more easily, which is one of the reasons when people say like, oh, you know, the generals from World War One, World War Two, you know, so and so was such an asshole. And it's like, sure. okay, he made a lot of harsh calls and he was difficult to work with that worked in that environment. I don't think that's like a model to go to for every day. Right. And I think with Curtis LeMay, one of the big things is, yeah, he wrote everybody really hard. And probably while the other wings were drinking, sleeping, doing whatever, and his teams were practicing, that didn't feel good and probably morale was like a little low. And then when they realized how much more capable they were and they got to do things that other wings couldn't, I think you end up with like like the rebound, like major bounce back. And I think one of the big struggles is people emulate the hard work and the pushing people hard, but if you don't have a situation where you're gonna get that rebound, where you're gonna get the payoff, I think that's where you lose people. Mm-hmm. And because that you have a short span of time for that payoff. Sure. And to Curtis LeMay's credit, benefit, like they're in war. Working really hard had really immediate, tangible benefits. Yeah. And for most of the military right now, you're not going to see some sort of real tangible we have a better survival rate or a better bombs on target rate or whatever by pushing your people harder right now. And I think, and obviously I think the the notable exception to that is what's going on in the Middle East right now. We're seeing several ships employ weapons to put down drones, to defend themselves. And I think in those moments, if those people have been pushed hard, the suffering is forgotten and the skill is what's remembered. So I think it's a fine balance between pushing people hard, being toxic, and actually getting the best of people. Yeah. And I mean, I guess even going back to the Curtis LeMay component, you know, obviously there's a recency bias with our recent book readings, but one of the big things too was Curtis LeMay flew lead in the initial missions where they were to not deviate and not not fly and do any or he not. changed their strategy he made yeah, it more he changed dangerous. their strategy well he, he made it more dangerous by or what they thought was more dangerous and his opinion on it was this is not more dangerous it seems more dangerous i'm going to fly lead on this let's go and he admits he was pretty dang nervous one he of the only times he ever admits only to any yeah. emotion <laughs> yeah but to me, that was like, that's another component of the leadership aspect where it was like... I mean, it's put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and you're not just asking this of your people. You're walking it with your people, and you're literally, at that point, literally leading your people into it. Yeah, and and I think there's two parts there, which is one, you have to have actually listened to your people to get to that point. Like, he has heard that they think this is a bad idea. He has taken that on board, but instead of taking it personally or scrapping the idea, he has said, I believe in this enough to stake my life on it. And it doesn't always have to be life or death, but I think those are the two components of like, you have to hear the feedback 
And then if you take the feedback and you still believe in it, then you have to you have to pony up. Yeah. Yeah. On the total other end of the spectrum. Yeah, you got mediocre leaders, bad leaders, and like truly toxic leaders. And that whole end of the spectrum, if you've decided that either you're in a position to talk to them or it's bad enough that you need to talk to them, you can't manage it at your level. And it's like, it's time to have the conversation. Sure. Have you ever tried to have that conversation with someone? Hmm. I've had it with either peers or people in like sort of a semi-peer relationship. Like I've had it with a chief when I was a J.O. And so that's not really a peer relationship, but it's like, it's pretty close. Yeah. I think the hierarchy of the Navy or the military. <laughs> the rank structure. I think the rank structure and hierarchy of the military makes it a challenging conversation to have. Yes. Because this is a problem that ends up twofold. One, bad leaders are often not receptive to criticism particularly from junior personnel. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty anecdotal, but it's hard to, it's hard to have that conversation if you are junior to this person. Well, I think they get defensive. <clears throat> yeah. They get, you don't know what pressures I'm under. You don't, you don't understand the mission. I got here. You haven't even gotten here yet. Yeah. There's, I think because our rank structure is very linear, I think the default for a lot of people is defensiveness. It's if you're below sure. me, quote unquote, below me, right? Below me in rank. How could you possibly know the full scope of what's going on here? Yeah. I think that's a shame. Not because I, as an ensign, really had a lot to say to my super toxic boss that would have been great because it's taken me 10 years to come up with this framework for having these conversations. And... There's a lot of risk there. Even if you handle the conversation like a star, if that person's in the chop chain for your fit rep or they're the person who advocates for you in the ranking boards, you are taking personal risk. And that sucks. Yeah. Which is why, which is why people don't do it, which sucks. Because that's how we end up with leaders who think that they're not doing anything wrong because they're not getting any of that honest feedback. Yeah, which ends up in situations where... You know, toxic leaders become senior toxic leaders. Next thing you know, or throwing coffee mugs, throwing coffee mugs, and are faced with you know navy crimes stories and oh, yeah headlines. Uh, and that's that's the challenge. So what I propose is a framework for having this conversation. It doesn't have to be with your boss. I think I wrote this as if I roll up to my next job and I fall flat on my face. Like, how would I want somebody to bring that to me? What is mm. what is likeliest to get me to open my eyes and get my shit together? You know what I mean? And I've pulled a lot from, from like therapy because I think when it comes to it, like the motivations for most people are just, we're people, we wanna do a good job. We wanna be well liked. There's like a social safety aspect and you have to keep that in mind when you tell someone that they're failing. <laughs> I think that's because that's what you're that's what you're telling them is you're saying you think you're a good leader. I disagree. <laughs> and like we have to find a different way forward. And I guess I kept in mind, like if I could go back now and have like a real sit down conversation with myself as an ensign with the lieutenant that I was going to eventually have really big problems with like IG level problems. How would I tell myself to manage that? Now, do I think 24-year-old me would have listened? Probably not. It's a different problem for a different day. But that was kind of my approach. And, and I started out with saying, like, try and assume the best intent. I don't know about you. Once I start a narrative of this person sucks, hates me, is mean, whatever, like, I can make anything they do match that narrative. And all it does is make things worse because I not only believe that about everything they do, I build up and react to situations from that. What do you think? I think that's true. And I think there's differences in personality that end up playing in there. Hmm. You know, some of that might end up being there's some folks who are inherently 
hesitant to trust and believe in best interests. Mm. And there's also people who are naive in missing entirely when people are being manipulative or toxic. Yeah. And then end up in a bad situation on both sides. I think it's important. Yeah, I agree because you need to you need to be cautious of people that you go to at times. It's important to like hey, have a network and a sounding boards, people that reliably know you. But you also don't want just you know, quote unquote yes men. Where they're going to say, yeah, you know, screw that person. They they totally are in the wrong. When it's realistically any kind of inter- personal inner dynamics, you have more involvement than you might realize on mm. it. Yes, you, you need to have the sounding boards. And I agree, like, it's easy to just cascade into this this person's awful. I can tell you 9,000 different ways, different reasons why, you know, here you go, check it out. And if you pull in people that are in agreement with that, it ends up being a challenge, but you need to actually be able to have realistic viewpoints. Hey, was I wrong here? Does this make sense? How I went about it? Am I missing something too? Because while my intentions were great, <clears throat> I'm, I might be clearly missing a greater picture or I might be missing their intentions also. The, it, this kind of goes into one of my favorite lines where it's, we judge ourselves by our intentions and we judge others by their actions. And we miss a lot of context purely in those actions. We don't judge ourselves purely by our actions. We judge ourselves, well, there was nuance here. I had this. Yeah. But if, you know, the car on the freeway cuts me off, this person is an idiot. They're the worst driver in the world. Versus like, I was forced to do that because somebody was crowding me or I really need to make that exit or my kid was yelling in the back seat and I got distracted. Like whatever it is, it's like there's always something. Or they just got an emergency phone call or they're trying to immediately make something. You know, there's that context that ends up to it where you're, you're missing that nuance and you're missing the intent. So, you know, it, that was one of the things that I, I, that really resonated for me was being cautious and judging others by purely their actions and then purely judging myself by my intention was, hey, like my intention and my action go hand in hand. And I should also give that grace and that, that space for other people to realize that, hey, their intentions also play into their actions too. Well, and and vice versa, which is if my intentions are something and my actions are not coming across that way, that's why, like I said, like as a leader, I have to be ready for someone to have this conversation with me. And I think part of the reason that I suggest infusing as much as you can the idea of whatever their best intention could possibly be. They scream every time someone's late. Maybe it's because they know we're capable of more and they don't want to see us tripped up by something as stupid as being five minutes late. Mm. And like for them, that's really frustrating. And to me, it's like, is that true? I don't know. But if I go in assuming they're coming from the best place possible, the likelihood that I can get them on my team to find a solution is so much higher because you're not going to raise those immediate defensive hackles and you're going to give room for, even if that wasn't their intent, Honestly, they can just be like, yep, like that's better than what was really going on in my head. Let's go with that. Yeah, sure. And and again, it, it gives you like space to be productive in a way that building a story purely off of their actions and your discomfort, your stress, your whatever, probably doesn't if you want to try and find a productive way forward. Yeah, that I think that's a fantastic point on it where it's, Hey, it's it still goes kind of go back towards that that intention and and if you're 
assuming the best, there's a route for you to, you're essentially allowing them to whittle it down into the worst, if that is the case. Versus if you assume the worst in the conversation and you just walk in, man, I'm ready to do battle. You're already working from a, not a great spot. Yeah, you're working at cross purposes instead of either finding common ground or letting them (laughs) out themselves as, yeah. yeah. It's like the old saying, you catch more flies with honey. Which is not strictly true, but I like it as a phrase. Oh, well. You catch more (laughs) flies with honey than you do vinegar, usually. (laughs) So they say. The next step that I say is like get productively curious and this is based off a framework that you and I have talked about for a lot a long time which is facts feelings identity but it's broken down into fact observation question which is like start with something absolutely true not you're mean not people are irresponsible not even something hyperbolic like OS2 is late all the time that's hyperbolic OS2 is not possibly late all the time Otherwise, we'd have a different problem. Sure. This conversation would be happening with OS2, not with whoever. But start with just like, hey, team members are late sometimes. Some of the members of the division are late sometimes. That's a fact. We can all agree on it. Right. And then your observation to them is like, that seems to really frustrate you. Or that seems to really impact you a lot. Right? Like, you're saying, this is true. We can agree on this. My observation is this is how you are reacting to it. Yeah, and explain that to me. Yeah, because then it gives them the opportunity to say, it doesn't impact me, it pisses me off, which is like, okay, that's kind of impact, but we can move past that. I'm going to be the bigger person here. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you open something up there to say, like, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying it seems like it impacts you when OS2 is late or OS3 or pick a whoever sure so if you've said team members are late something we can agree on seems to really impact you a lot neutral non-judgmental observation and then it's like hey can you help me understand what's going on again non-judgmental you're not saying you suck they suck i'm mad about this it's impacting my life you're just saying like hey i want to under i want to know more and i think most people are pretty receptive to that what do you think yeah i agree i think most people that you want to be making progress and headway with are receptive to that if they're not receptive to that you got other challenges for the present yeah then you have to go back to managing at your level or you have to completely start going around them absolutely because yeah. it's like if they can't even see the problem then it's pull the shoot time. <laughs> yeah, if this is the basic stuff and you're just getting angry at it, all right. You know, some people just want to be angry. Well, then it doesn't always have to work the first time and then you just, like, pull chalks and start working around them. Sure. Sometimes I think even if you approach it perfectly, people are going to be defensive. Sure. You got to butter them up a little bit. And And maybe, like, the move there is find a peer that they do trust that maybe mm. you can talk to about it find one of their mentors advisors and you're not necessarily going around them but you use the same approach of like sometimes my people are late and so and so seems to be seems to overreact to that a little bit <laughs> right seems to be real bothered by it really bothered by it can you help me understand what might be going on there or help me get them to help me understand like, there's nothing wrong with enlisting other people to help you navigate this conversation. Sure. And then after that, it's like, find the common enemy, right? Get on the same team. The common enemy is not, you're, you're a jerk. That's a you versus me thing. But, like, at some level, you have to be aligned. If you're a divo and they're a department head, something in there is aligned. If, yeah. you, if you're a department head, they're an XO, something in there is aligned. And you have to find that common ground and say, look... When you act this way, it inhibits our common ground. It damages the common ground, right? If it's the mission, you yell at my people, they're not as productive. That hurts, that hurts the mission. Sure. If it's, uh, I don't know, fulfilling you know, parts requests, and it's, hey, when you get up all of my people's business, they get flustered, 
they don't work as hard or they, you know, they make more mistakes. We get more inventory mistakes when you come down and you stomp around, whatever. Sure. And it's like, whatever else is going on, if what we want is fewer mistakes, fewer inventory mistakes, then we need to work together to find a solution so the people doing inventories down there are not getting distracted, flustered, whatever. Yeah. And I, and I also hope that one of the other things too in this conversation, I, I hope that listeners aren't sitting back being like, man, are these guys just like super cash about, you know, people showing up late to work? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Show up on time to work. This isn't like, you know, your soft and cuddly divo is going to go to bat for you because you're late. Despite what people think from my Instagram, I am not actually a soft cuddly divo. No, but it's, there's an appropriate way to respond, which can be stern, disciplinarian, you know, holding people accountable. And then there's unproductive ways to respond. Sure. Flying off the handle. Yeah. Although according to that one guy on TikTok, we need more verbal and physical abuse in the military. I mean, hey, you know, that (laughs) seems like it totally helped retention. Yeah. It's also, I guess my thing on that is like, that's a really easy thing to say when you're out of the military and therefore not the person who's going to be physically and verbally abused. Oh, for sure. Hey, bro, random listener on TikTok. I know that you're probably not getting this as one veteran to another. Kick rocks, homie. Just because (laughs) you're out here like back in my day when the military was blah. Hey, guess what? Every veteran since the Revolutionary War has been like, Man, these guys are getting soft. Like, the veterans from the Revolutionary War looking at the guys in the War of 1812 being like, Man, back in my day... Back when I fought the British. (laughs) I could reload a musket this fast. It's just like, kick rocks, man. Golly. They're so mad about rifles. They're like, back in my day, we didn't need rifling to shoot straight. (laughs) Didn't even shoot iron sights, did you? Didn't even call iron sights. Oh, see, just like, we really moved through the years there. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. It's just like, okay. But I think, I mean, and I think this works in a lot of circumstances, not just a bad boss, but it, it goes back to finding the common enemy. If you can find what you are working on in the same direction. Sure. And you can find a way to say, like, when, insert bad thing here, happens, we don't move as quickly, as effectively, as whatever, in the direction that both of us really care about. How do we stop that from keeping us from moving in that direction? You end up on the same team, the same problem solving, as opposed to it hurts my feelings, it hurts my people's feelings. Anything that makes them your enemy, I think is really bad positioning. For sure, yeah. And I mean, and you still have to do defend your folks too, because if this person's like, "Hey, yeah, this does bother me, and it makes me want to feel like I, you know, I want to choke out OS too," and it's like, "Okay, hey, we can't choke out OS too," <laughs> like that's not a great option here. I think when they threaten physical violence, it's time to pull yeah. chalks. It makes me want to choke people. <laughs> it's like that's not good. <laughs> that seems like a you problem. I'm gonna go talk to Doc. Not about you. But I would recommend you talk to Doc. But you should probably also Maybe talk about to you. Doc. <laughs> Maybe you should talk to Doc about you. It's very important to note. These are all very extreme examples. If there's, seriously though, if there's ever physical abuse, that's not a time for these conversations. That's a non-starter. That's, that's a time to go straight to your CO. And if your CO doesn't take you seriously, to go straight to NCIS, to go straight to IG. That's, that's never a, a time to chill and try and have like a calm conversation. We're joking about that a little bit because it's an extreme example that we can all agree is an extreme example. Realistically, this is about some of those more subtle things like shaming, yelling, you know, derogatory language where it's like, I'm not totally sure that we've crossed a line, but it's certainly making everybody's lives worse. That's what we're really talking about. If anyone actually ever lays a hand on you, for real, don't pass go, don't collect $200, that person straight to jail. I mean, you don't get to put them there, but yeah. That'd be cool if you did. It'd be cool if you did. But you have to let the- cooler if you did. (laughs) You have to let the, the justice all work. Short of that, 
you know, if what they're doing is shaming people, yelling at people, being derogatory, next you want to get clear on your ask, right? So it's like, if they yell in a certain circumstance, if they stomp their feet, if they shame people, right? Whatever the specific behavior is, what are you asking them to do instead? What do you want to see from them? And that is something that you can either come in prepared to talk about or you can brainstorm together in that how do we get to this mutual goal what's the ask and i think you should always come in with at least something prepped where it's like you always yell how about instead of doing that you let me back brief you on how i discipline people who are late right so we're not saying we're not holding people accountable we're saying let me hold them accountable at my level i'll back brief you on what the reason they were late was if we, if we notice a pattern, we'll tackle it together. I like that. The only criticism I have on there is that sometimes you're going to deal with folks who are like, okay, cool, I hope it's choking OS2. It's like... <laughs> I don't want to choke OS2. <laughs> I'm not going to choke OS2. And then they're going to be like, thing. well, your plan was stupid. You should choke OS2. And it's like, now you're kind of back at the beginning on it. And so... Yeah. Back to calling Doc. <laughs> Just yeah. have Doc on speed dial. For you got to call Doc, man. You, you got to work on you. So it's like, yeah, I, I agree. You know, but presenting an option like, hey, how about I handle this in-house? You and don't if- need... And then for me, it's more like, hey, how about I handle this in-house? And we check to see if our net results are going to change, okay? If you want, you know, hey, we have our last 30 days of muster reports. So-and-so was late X amount. And for the next 30 days, I'm going to handle this in-house my way. A little trial period. A little trial period. And let's just see if my options yield some results. I think you can be clear on the ask, even if you don't have the solution. You can say like, I need a less, you know, high conflict answer to people who are late because the conflict in and of itself is creating other problems. Yeah. How can we do that? And if you say, I'll handle it and then I'll send you an email with how I handled it and that'll help us track patterns and if we see patterns, then we deal with it together. If they're like, no, <laughs> right, then you can be like, okay, what what will get us there? What will get us to a low conflict solution? And you work together because the, the goal is to get the mission done. I kind of want to choke OS2. <laughs> and if the choking, why do you keep physically assaulting people? Don't physically assault people. But if, you know, if the yelling, right, if it's belittling, if it's shaming, if it's any of these things, and you're like, okay, that is inhibiting us getting to the mission. You and I both want to get to the mission. Yeah. We got to find we got to find the next route. Sure. We got to find the alternate route here. And so help me, help you, help all of us. Yeah. Find that alternate route. And whatever it is in this scenario, we can tag team it. So many of these things come back to insecurity or fear or whatever else. And so like so so often that solution is going to involve back briefing them, involving them letting them know and that's uncomfortable because it feels micromanagey but i think in some of these cases you have to pick lesser of the lesser of the evils sure where it's like if i'm voluntarily sending you not just the muster reports but who was late why they were late how i handled it and then we track patterns or something that's not necessarily micromanaging it's me getting ahead of a worse problem i hear it yeah yeah and then if you can, you want to get them invested. Ideally, they're receptive to everything you've said. We find a solution. And then you want them to want to help things get better. Right? Ideally, once you say, hey, the way you're handling this issue is making things worse, they're going to say, oh, no, I didn't realize that. Let's fix it. I've never personally met that person. But don't we all wish? that that were true. We all took feedback like that. But that's what you want, is you want to say, like, our success in doing this depends on you changing that behavior, you buying into the plan. And therefore, if the plan works, it's because you grew and supported us and trusted us, and we appreciate that. And once you get them invested in our success is actually our success, Mm. you know what I mean? 
I think you really see a difference because then when they consider yelling or they, you know, it's like that knee jerk reaction to do whatever that toxic behavior is, there's that feeling of I'm hurting my own aims here. Yeah. Which is way more effective than I'm hurting the group's aims or your feelings or that sounds mean, but like. It doesn't sound mean. <laughs> sounds real. Sounds real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you want to keep them on the team, right? If there's changes in metrics, changes in the goal, changes in whatever. To your point of the trial period, if attendance improves, timeliness improves, whatever. Yeah. Keep them on the team. Hey, the change you made really made a difference. Here's the metrics to back that up. And just like any other reward, positive affirmation, whatever, that reinforces good behavior. If, ev- if almost everything comes down to social cues and either positive or negative reinforcement sure. or punishment, and it's like, if they make the change and things really improve, and then you reinforce that, that's how the change sticks. It's how it becomes a habit. It's how it becomes ingrained. And it's how you build the better working relationship. And you buy back a little of that trust, that, a little of that working relationship to say like, see, it worked. Not quite that flippantly. But like, <laughs> but like, thank you for making this change. For look not at, choking us too. Look at how much it's worked out. He really appreciates it. He showed up on time. <laughs> the mission is going better, going faster. The whatever. bridge wings are swept. My my fellow tin can sailors know. They're like, oh, I got you. One day, one day I'll learn. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's less than fun. <laughs> And then I think that's the point at which if you've tried to go through this whole thing and the change doesn't happen, what's next? Woo, buddy. Like you've tried to be curious, you've tried to be kind, you've tried to get on the same page. Now what? If they don't change, what do you do? So this is your boss directly, right? Yeah. So, I mean, going back to the challenges of the military rank structure and hierarchy, of the military. This provides you an opportunity to seek additional help if your means have not been effective, fruitful, or otherwise. Hey, you can try talking with mentors outside the lifelines. That runs a risk at times. Yep. Going outside the lifelines in general. Yeah, anytime you go outside the chain of command, there's always some risk that if it gets back to the person that you went outside, the chain of command that's like a different separate bad thing yeah but then going directly within that within those lifelines where it's hey okay this is going up one more level than you everybody has a boss even your boss yeah as a boss now do i recommend you email the cno probably not dial it back a little bit on that one I think you just have to be really sure what caliber bullet you're firing. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you go full nuclear option and you email the CNO or whatever. Okay. Just. Those are very rare. <laughs> that's as are actual instances to even potentially use nuclear weapons, right? You have to understand the full consequence of what really comes down when things like that happen. For sure. You yeah. know, and it's like, if I go one level up, that's a, that's a surgical strike. We're, we're, you know, limited damage all around, typically. I'd usually recommend starting at that point. Yeah. Make sure you start there. Yep. So going up above where it's like, hey, I'm having challenges with this, but recognize there might still be blowback. There yep. might be still a period of time where life is challenging for you because, you know, once that... that feedback and everything else rolls to your direct leader they may start pushing back and making things challenging for you they're not going to be happy probably not and i think you have to approach that conversation with whichever level of leadership you engage very similarly you have to start with the most generous interpretation about your boss to say they're still doing this i've tried all of these things i no longer know what the most generous interpretation is here but like I think they are struggling, right? Or I think they need support or pick a whatever, but better than just like this person effing sucks, get them out of my life. Because usually their leaders are invested in them and don't want to hear that that person is like just straight garbage. 
Mm. So interesting. I think think you have to, to some extent, go back. Like you have to have, hey, I've tried all of these things, and it's still not working. Yeah, I disagree with. I guess I I don't know as I would phrase it as leader. My leader is struggling. They are having this 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 point. I think you can still present your points of friction to your leader's boss. Yeah. But coming into your, you know, the next senior person on this list and saying, my leader is failing here. Ooh, yeah, okay. That's going to get... Do you make it like an I'm failing? Like an I'm struggling? I'm struggling. A little bit of that. Because of, it's like that humility. I'm experiencing challenges. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hey, I know. What do you want? I like it. It's Uh, just like no. There's mistakes. I'm I'm having. I'm experiencing difficulty. I'm experiencing challenges with this. These are things that I I need help on. Yeah, I've tried doing this to that point, but I feel like if you immediately come, you know, to your boss's boss and say this leader is failing here. You're going to get slapped. Who are you to say that they're... Yeah. yeah are they failing? Fair. Because, hey, guess what? I'm still hitting my metrics or I'm still... Missions getting completed. They seem to be doing a good job. Yeah. They're actually my number one of, you know, five they're in this position. number one. <laughs> Whatever it might be. But you know what I mean? It's like... It's a quick way to get slapped right in the teeth. Yeah. Um, and so I think... You really need to be careful about phrasing, just walking in saying, hey, my boss is failing here. Your boss is what? <laughs> yeah. I think I think that's um, a good point. I think that's more like I'm struggling because this is what I'm experiencing and I don't know how to handle it. And if you phrase that smartly, then your boss will pick up on the problem without you having to be like, "For sure, this guy is a mess or this girl is a mess. And, like, the bad taste on that in my mouth is always one of the people that I had a really big issue with early in my career was also a woman. And I did go to my exo, and I laid out as much as I could, and I used to keep a daily journal. So I had, like, journal entry, journal entry. I had so much evidence, right, of just the kinds of behavior, how long it had been going on. Spilled all of my guts all over the exo's floor. And it was a floor because it was building not a not a ship so it was not a deck but spilled my guts and his initial reaction was sometimes girls just can't get along with other girls Mm. and for me that soured so much of that like making it a me thing because it was like okay this actually is not a me thing sure but it was like but it was just like how could i possibly present all of this to a leader and then be like I think that was very disheartening. And so I think my thing about this person is is about being more direct about it, is like, depending on the circumstance, depending on that leader's relationship with other leaders, I think if you aren't very direct about it, it's pretty easy to get written off. Yeah. And maybe that was like a, a bad experience with a leader who was, dare I say, a little sexist, but hard to say, right? Yeah. And that's where some of that nuance comes in. You know, the, the nuance component is huge and it's tough because you really, especially in, you know, senior enlisted officer, J.O. and mid-grade and senior officer levels, I think you run the risk of when you're in those moments, you got to say just enough without flooding the space. Mm. because then yeah it can easily become like a is this senior personnel or senior person left thinking you know is it my immediate subordinate or is it this person who's just a complainer (laughs) a complainer and just drowning me with all this information here or is this an actual thing that i need to step in and take a little bit more direct action on I think that's a really hard line to draw. For sure. Because I, so I had all of that information when I took it to to my boss. And that's essentially what they said, which is they were like, all of these things you're bringing up at this point, it seems petty. 
And I was like, I'm trying to establish a pattern of behavior. Mm. And I think that's a very thin line to walk. And then later in my career, I had someone subordinate to me who, for many reasons, we really needed to establish a pattern of behavior to to take disciplinary action. Yeah. And it essentially amounted to giving this person counseling chits for everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that other leader doesn't even know the meaning of petty until they've had to write up three, four, five counseling chits in a day for for you wore your uniform wrong in this way and you ignored this thing and you missed that deadline. Because at that point, you're trying so hard to establish that administrative just like... Yeah, it's very tedious. It is. And it was like, they know I'm being petty because I'm establishing this disciplinary history. I know that I'm being petty at this point. And I was like, oh, that other stuff was not petty. Like this, no. like, and it's like, it, it, it's a very weird balancing act. Because sure. truly nobody wants to be the person who does a formal, you know, disciplinary action every time everything, you know, anything is awry. You'll literally never get anything done. Sure. You, ro- you wore your rank insignia at the wrong angle. Yeah, Ugh. that's that's yeah. annoying, that's petty, that's tedious. Can't even do hands in pockets anymore. Hey! <laughs> yeah, I still I think you're absolutely right. And it's to try to, it might be become a little bit more time intensive, but starting on that, that lower end of it where it's like, hey, I'm going to bring you what I deem the biggest, you know, items initially, item or items, but being cautious not to flood the space because if, you know, there's always time where you can continue to pump more stuff into it. But if you immediately deluge everything, yeah, you might get that immediate, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, and the defenses go up, right? Yeah. Even in the case, even if it's not them you're talking about, again, yeah. the defenses go up. Yeah. And so I think if you are going to your boss, the same rule applies, which is like you got to pick... A thing, a couple of things at most. Yeah. You can't say everybody's miserable and here are the 55 things that you're doing that are getting us there. <laughs> There's Because one, they can't take action on 55 things at once, right? People can barely change one habit at a time. And even then only with concerted effort. <sighs> it is. Which it like goes back to you can't expect immediate results from your boss either, which sucks. Yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, go back to if they are a yeller. It doesn't mean that they're just going to cold turkey stop yelling one day. They might Thank start God yelling I had and that stop. And tell me that I was a yeller. Yeah, <laughs> so. now I'll just fix it. Yeah. You know, but it's, I mean, some of this goes to if they don't see anything wrong with the behavior, again, that's the time to go seek. If you, if you get this whole thing and they're just like, nope, I'm just a yeller. Been there, had those leaders before. Yeah. And it's like, all right, but what you're doing is actively harming the mission. And if you're not willing to recognize that what you're doing is having a negative impact on our metrics, our actual ability to our job, that's another time I think you have to go around and you have to be like, look, I get, you know, using harsh words. I get holding people accountable. I get discipline. I get all of these things. What we're doing is not working and they're not willing to hear feedback on it. Yeah. But like you said, I think you can't flood the space there. And some of it again goes to the assuming good intent. But it's like, you can't just say, that person sucks. Yeah. That person is the problem. That's not going to get anybody on your team. No, absolutely. All right, let's do this challenge. You ready? Send it. Your XO ignores or denies almost every leave chit that comes across their desk. You did notice that people weren't taking a lot of leave, but you didn't think much of it until your leave was denied without explanation. Classic. Classic. You asked a couple of other people and no one can remember the last time anyone got to take leave. And they're getting pretty demoralized. They're looking to you to be their advocate so they can get some rest and time before an upcoming deployment. All right, so not great. (laughs) What's the most generous interpretation? You got X amount of, you know, checks, trials, and everything else before getting underway or getting out on deployment. XO's amped. They're at like a 10. They're looking out, CENTCOMs blowing up drones <laughs> left and right. They're like, that's me next. 
It's our moment. Here we go. <laughs> OS2, are you ready or do I need to choke you out? <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> so they're just, they're pumped, but they're, they want to make sure the team is, is ready. So they're, they're viewing anything, you know, where people might be taking this, what actually might be time and recovery and rest to make sure they're fully ready and prepped to go into it as degrading and taking away from that. Yeah. Distraction. A distraction from that, that mission set. I like that. It's really different than what I assumed is best intent. Oh, I assumed it was completely unintentional. I assumed it was like, they look at a leaf chit and they think, Oh no, that person has to be here during that time because of this check ride Mm. denied. They go to the next one. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same. Similar. But it's like it's not a pattern. It's just like they don't even realize that they've hit deny 40 times in a mm, row. Okay. It's just like, no, that CS has to be here for this reason. And that OS has to be here for that reason. And this. Look at us Venn diagramming it up. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's always some like, because, yeah, it would be easy to be like our evil XO is letting nobody go on leave. But if instead you're like, or maybe. They, they don't realize that no one's getting leave. Like right. maybe it's just yeah. like on a case by case basis at that microscopic level, they think, no, this person needs to be here. This person needs to be here. This person needs to be here. And they've lost sight of the big picture here. No, my entire crew needs to be here. <laughs> I hope not. How could you be productively curious with them about this? Like what could you ask, right? Your leave chit just got denied. How do you go to your XO and be like, interestingly... Lots of leaf chits getting denied right now. <laughs> Don't start the conversation off with, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> no. So you're going to do like the fact, the observation, and the question, right? So Yeah. So, hey, noticed, hey, saw that my leaf chit was denied. A little bit of feedback from the rest of my department has also come up that a lot of other leaf chits have been denied. Just wanted to touch base and see what the what the friction point might be here. Love a good friction point. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? I just want to understand your reasoning here a little bit more. Yeah. Because it still is like, even out that gate isn't like... F you, man. F you, man, (laughs) and approve my leave. Right. It's just like... It's like... What's going on? Can you just tell me me your reasoning on this? Yeah. I think I would go with, (sighs) you know, sir, ma'am, whoever. I noticed you kicked my leave chip back. And when you did that, I looked a little further into it and I saw that a lot of other people's had been recycled. And this goes back to the best intent. Like real, you can, I'm really reaching here. Is there something wrong with our admin or our process Mm. that all of these are being recycled? Because you're not accusing them of anything. Uh, You're taking total ownership there. Clearly we messed up somewhere in our... Possibly have denied all of our leave chits. I filled out these leave <laughs> leave chits wrong. Am I missing I'm something? signing under the date block. Like, this is clearly... But that's what I mean is like... Whoops. You, you give them nothing <laughs> yeah, but like opportunity to go. be like as... To get off totally, totally free. Yeah. Right? Because they could just be like... They could be like, oh, you guys weren't doing, <laughs> just send them through and we'll fix them. Yeah, right? which is like, oh, great. Which is Thanks. like, problem solved. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and even if internally their dialogue is like, I didn't realize I recycled everybody's, you know, but you give them like that plausible deniability kind of, or if there really is something else wrong, you haven't accidentally like gone storming into Exo's office and been like, why you did I had all our leave chits? Right, and he's yeah. like, well, you weren't filling them out correctly. And you're like, oh, yeah. And then you're like, your oh. way out of the room. Yeah, no, that, that's good. That gives a good spot where it's like, you know, super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> Kudos to you if you get that reference. So, yeah. If you do have to, <laughs> sorry. If you do have to go forward, what's the common enemy there? You and the XO. You got to have a common enemy to attack with these leave chits. I think you already touched on it. Phew. I feel like it's uh, Kelly Kelly from The Office. I talk a lot, so sometimes I do myself out. <laughs> I was thinking, Michael, you know, sometimes I start a sentence without knowing where it's going to go. I try to fill it where it's at. It's just me at quarters every day. No, but I mean, you were talking about readiness, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like the goal here is to be ready for deployment. And so if you had to, you could say, you know... People in my shop, me included, 
(laughs) We're getting a little demoralized because none of us have been able to secure leave before this upcoming deployment. I'm worried that that lack of rest, that lack of time with families, that lack of downtime is going to negatively impact readiness for the deployment. Absolutely. Now you're on like the same team. Team, be ready for this deployment. Yeah, because again, you know, EXO, uh, if you're um, assuming that you're filling out your leave chits correctly. <laughs> yeah, uh, otherwise it's the end of the conversation and you conversation. just head over to the yeoman and have him train you again. Marks. Yeah. <laughs> then it's like, it could potentially be like a, oh, oh I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. because they might be focused on like, oh, all this training, all these underways, like all these like shorter underways, all this practice. Did you see how many drones the Carney shot down? I got to take as many as I got to take them. <laughs> and you're like, right, 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 right. But we got to get a little bit of sleep, a little bit of time with the family so that emotionally, physically, we're ready to go do those hard things for several months. Humans. Always how the worst part of this. Ugh. For sure. Always the weak link. link. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And again, I don't think that's necessarily that most exos get to that job without understanding the human component. I just think there's so much pressure, so many asks, so many to-dos that being like, "Mm, have we lost sight of the human element? Not to mention OS2. (laughs) Poor OS2. Some OS2 listens to this and it's just like, what the I'm fuck? having the worst day. <laughs> no, but I mean, I think, I think just like any, you know, leader who means well and gets really lost in all of the inspection checklists and to-dos and meetings and whatever else, I don't think like a kind, well-meaning nudge of like, you got to remember that the people are the secret sauce here. Sure. I don't think that's ever, well... Sometimes it's kind of reactive if they throw coffee mugs. But other than that. Again, other problems, though. That's a whole other, yeah. We're back to the just report that. Don't don't pass go. What's your productive ask here? Is it just approve the chits? I mean, I guess it depends on, again, the reasoning component, too. Because, like, I hate to cop out on it and say that I'm, like, hesitant to say what the productive ask is. Because it, I just, I think there's still, for me, a little bit context dependent sure what about you i think being aware that you might be wrong very important and i think being able to walk through this basically in reverse of like what was my intention versus the actual action and impact of that where is the where's the miss what do i need to change Mm. i think that's all really important i think if i was going into this meeting and i of course felt very sure in my position because even when I'm wrong, I'm very confident. What? <laughs> what? I think what I would do for my division or department, right, whatever level I'm at, would be to make the leave schedule mm. that shows that we would not be short people, the watch sure. schedule can support, the duty section can support. You know, I would make it foolproof, mm. you know, make it watertight. And I would say, like, short of it being an admin issue, does this schedule of leave for my people look acceptable? Meet your needs. Meet your needs, right? Meet the mission. Yeah. Because I need these people to get this amount of downtime in order for us to be going back to that, like, on the mission, on, you know, getting on the same page thing. Yeah. I need these people to have this time that they've requested so that they feel taken care of and are ready to and are taken care of. To be ready for this deployment. Yeah. So I've sat down with my chief, my divo, my department head, whoever, right? And this is the schedule that we absolutely all agree we can support. Yeah. Because I don't know any XO, short of the one who thinks that all girls have problems with other girls. I wonder who that guy is. I should look him up. Anyway, short of those people, I think every leader I've ever come across, if you take them really airtight plan they so like they also have limited energy and attention and mm. if you have a really solid plan they're fine with it so that really, would... really showing your uh yale mba there no. fancy pants but yeah that's a way better answer than mine um, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you might be wrong but also if you come up with a better plan you can be wrong but still be right no but i mean even if it even if you are wrong and they come back and they're like 
it's an admin problem. You've been filling these things out the wrong way. Sure. And you're like, great. Well, while I'm here, this is our foolproof plan. Will you approve all of these leave chits if they're done up like this? And the XO is probably like, sure, get yeah. out of my face. Just fill out your stupid paperwork. <laughs> Just fill right. them out correctly and I don't care. The signature box is right there. You've been Just... signing under the date box. No. It's uh... all an incident, whatever. I gotta sign off somehow. How do you want me to sign off? What plugs do you have? What plug do you got? <laughs> I don't have any plugs. You don't got any plugs? Do you have any plugs? None that are relevant to the... Unless you're a physical therapist or physical therapy nerd. And even then, I probably don't have any plugs. Except that physical therapists are going to be primary care in the military. Yeah. That's, that's pretty true. cool. Been essentially doing that for decades. Yeah, but now you actually get the recognition. No there more pay, but good for you. Of course not. No more pay. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Hopefully this was productive in thinking through approaching a boss, if you want to approach a boss, how to respond if they want to work with you, don't want to work with you, the kinds of things you need to think about when you're taking an issue to someone who, you know, might be in the chop chain for your eval or fit rep. And we've got a bunch of really cool stuff coming up. We're going to catch up on the podcast in the next couple of weeks because I have some amazing guests who unfortunately have slightly less flexible schedules, but going to be some really good conversations around networking, around other kinds of personal feedback, more to come. So if you don't already, please subscribe to the podcast, either on Spotify, Apple, or here on Substack. Subscribe to the Substack so that you can get the written versions of this to think about before you engage with the podcast. And if you find this useful, it's always free and available to anyone who needs it. This is a passion project that means a lot to me. So the best thing that you can do to support is share it with another leader you think would benefit. Have a great week.